in your scripture, let's turn to the book of Luke. And we're going to look at chapter 1. And I want us to look at today four angelic visitations. And we'll start off in Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 23. So starting with verse verse 26. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Now, if you or I today were to get any kind of angelic visitation, I think that maybe that's putting it lightly. Mary was troubled. You know, I know that if that were to happen to me, I think it would be more like uh, terrified, trying to get myself up off the floor. I don't know. But it says Mary was troubled, and he says to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son. You are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked, how, will this, how can this be since I'm a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, who is, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. And we'll end at this point. With verse 38, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. So Mary has this visitation by an angel. And he tells her, not only is she going to have a child, but she is going to have a child that is the son of the Most High God. And that she is to name him Jesus. At the same time, the angel explains to Mary that her cousin, Elizabeth, who is an elderly woman who is well past childbearing years, is also going to have a child. Now, some things I think that we sometimes overlook, Mary was a teenager. I don't know exactly how old she was, but Mary was very young. And to get this news that she is going to give birth to the Son of God. I know that we've had six children. And each time I found out that we had a new child on the way, there's, there's a new excitement about that. There's actually uh, maybe a few seconds of panic, you know, because uh, we, we've got a, another, another child. But I, I remember even from the first time learning that our first child was going to be born and the excitement that was there. So imagining what this young girl must have been feeling. And I love the songs that are written about Mary. There, there are so many good, this time of year, so many good Christmas songs that come from her, her perspective. So we know that not only was she troubled and scared when the angel came, but can you imagine the emotions that, that come along with knowing that you're going to be giving birth to the Son of God? Now, Mary's response is what I want us to look at very quickly before we move on to the next visitation. 
In verse 38, Mary says, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. How many times has God spoken to us and that was our response? Now, hopefully it's going to be more and more as as we go along our faith walk. But there have been so many times that I know that God has even spoken simple things to me, like during a worship service, there, which didn't seem simple at the time. There have been, I remember one worship service that I was in, in that sweet spirit that was here a few moments ago, that I believe is still here now, but for those of you who just led us into that worship, that sweetness. And as you were singing, I, it, it just it told me that the Spirit of God is everywhere. The Spirit of God can be right here in Elgin Community Church just as much as it can be in a church in other countries in the United States, wherever. That same Spirit we all worship. And I remember one particular service we were in, the Spirit of God was moving so beautifully. And I felt the Holy Spirit basically tell me to get down and worship on my face. Now, immediately what I thought about, what what is everybody going to think around me? You know, I'm going to look pretty crazy. And I remember in that moment being more concerned with what people around me were going to think than what the Holy Spirit desired of me. Now, several times since then, I have, I have obeyed and I've gotten down and I have worshipped God because I had to get to the place where it's okay to look silly. So Mary, she had a a lot of opportunities here to resist. But she said, I am the Lord's servant. May it be unto me as you have said. So we're going to go to the second angelic visitation today. We're going to stay in Luke. And let's go to verses 39 and 40. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth, her cousin, When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed the child you will bear. So now we've got Mary, who says she got up at once and went to visit her cousin Elizabeth. Now, as, as I looked into this, a lot of times I thought that kind of she just went across town. But when I looked into this, I found out that the town Nazareth, where Mary was, was about 80 to 100 miles. Do we do miles here? Okay. All right. Very good. All right. I'm so glad. So glad. Uh, it was about 80 to 100 miles from where Mary was, and it wasn't an easy trip to make. There were lots of dirt paths and dirt roads she would have to go to get there. So, and they were either walking or maybe in some kind of cart carriage. Uh, it, probably Joseph accompanied her on this journey because it would have been a dangerous journey to get there. And then he would have to leave her and then go back to work. And because the journey was so long, people would usually stay Longer, And we know that she stayed three months. The scripture tells us that Elizabeth was in her sixth month. And so Mary was there with her cousin Elizabeth at a very important time. If you can imagine being however old Elizabeth was in her first pregnancy, 
she was probably very glad to have Mary there. So I'm sure Mary was a very big help to her cousin. But we see here that Mary went at once. So first of all, the angel tells her, you're going to have the Son of God. And Mary says, let it be to me as you have said. Then he lets her know that your cousin Elizabeth, who is really too old to be having a baby, she's about to have a baby, and Mary gets up at once and goes. So let's look at another. Let's look at Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 24. In verse 18, this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man, it did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David... Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you're going to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now Joseph, we know, was a righteous man. He was pledged to be married to Mary, and it says that because of his righteousness, that he was willing to divorce her quietly. Because legally, he could have allowed Mary to be disgraced and even to be executed because of, the, of what that would be in that culture. But he, didn't, he did not want that for her. And that's even before the angel spoke to him. And then when the angel lets him know that this is the Holy Spirit, Joseph apparently is like, Okay, here we go. And he took the word of God through that angel. So, so far, we've got Mary who said, let it be unto me, as you have said. Mary who gets up and she travels to be with Elizabeth. And we have Joseph who, after hearing from this angel, he decides, I'm going to do what you said. So that was actually two visitations, just two things Mary did and then now with Joseph. We're going to go to our third one. We're going to go back to Luke. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 15. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 15. And it says here, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. There we go. That's, that's where I would have been. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, 
which the Lord has told us about. So there's one thing in common that I want us to see today from Mary, Joseph, and the shepherds once they had this angelic visitation. Each one of them said yes. Each one of them took the word that God gave them and they moved forward on it. I want us to look at one more angelic visitation and and sad to say, I think that I would probably put myself in this category more than I would in Mary, Joseph, and the shepherds. And we're working on changing that. I want us to look at this scripture in Luke. I want us to go back to chapter 1. And we're going to look at Zechariah in Luke chapter 1, verses 11 through 20. And now with Zechariah, an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you're to give him the name John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He's never to take wine or fermented drink. He'll be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from birth. Many of the people of Israel will he bring back to the Lord their God. He will go on before the Lord in spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the disobedient to wisdom of the righteous to make a people prepared, prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. The angel answered, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens. Because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their proper time. Now I think just as we do to the disciple Thomas... We give Zechariah a bad rap. You know, a lot of times we call Thomas doubting Thomas. But remember, he's the, one, he's the disciple that wasn't in the room when Jesus appeared to all the other ones. It was a lot easier for them to believe. And if you can imagine being an, an elderly man or an elderly woman and an angel coming in and say, oh, by the way, you're going to have your first child. That's a lot to take in. And so it, I understand why Zechariah might doubt. Zechariah himself was a Jewish priest, and he was told before anybody else the plan that God was setting into motion. They, he and his wife were known to be holy people, and they were very well suited for this miracle that God was going to do. But they shared this pain of all these years not having a child, and in that culture, that was viewed as not having the blessing of God on their lives. So we've got Zechariah one day at, while at the temple in Jerusalem. 
he received the unexpected blessing of being the one chosen to go in and present incense before God. And here is where he has this angelic visitation. Now, the thing that, that we need to look just a little bit further, because when the baby is born, and they're asking Elizabeth what to name the child because they're wanting to name the child after Zechariah. And, and so she says, because of what the angel said, that they're naming the baby John. And so the Bible lets us know that they are making signs to Zechariah to get his take on it. And it says that he says that the name will be John. And when that happens, he's able to speak and we see the first thing he does when he's able to speak is he begins to praise God. In fact, there's quite a lengthy amount here in the end of Luke 1 from verses 67 all the way down to verse 79 where Zechariah is using his mouth to praise God. So this morning, I, that's simply it. I want us to see what do we do when God speaks to us, whether it be through an angel or whether it be through his word? Do we say, as Mary did, God, because you said it, that's good with me, because you said it. Do we, like Mary did, do we get up and quickly act on what God has told us to do? Do we, like Joseph, do we trust that God is going to be faithful, even if it looks like we might endure some embarrassment? Even if it might affect our position, are we willing to move forward on what God said? And like the shepherds, will we be, even be willing to, to leave what we're doing? They were, they were on the job. I'm not saying leave work. Don't, don't do that. But you know, if God, if God speaks to us, are we willing to act upon that? Before we left, a couple of weeks before we left to come over here, I was having lunch with the worship leader from our church. And I will tell you that one of the most difficult things about coming here was leaving our grandchildren. And if I can talk about this without crying, this will be another miracle. But our grandchildren are six years old, five years old, and four years old. Now, of course, we, we have children as well. We have six children, but it's the grandchildren that it was difficult to leave. And, of course, we brought two of our children with us. And this worship pastor, as I was talking with him, he asked me, okay, so what's the most difficult part about going so far away? And I said, I said it's leaving our grandchildren. And he, he said, Rick, I look at it a different way. He said, I look at it as someday your grandchildren are going to be able to say, my grandparents trusted God so much that they, were, that they were willing to leave everything behind to follow God's voice. And so we come to Zechariah. He shows us that even a righteous man who loves God when God speaks something that seems so amazing, so impossible, that God will still be willing to, to give his blessing 
even if at first we just can't believe it. And then when God does come through, as he always does, because God is faithful, we do what Zechariah did, and we praise God. In fact, we let our words, we let our actions praise God. Because God is good and God is faithful. And so family, over these next few weeks and months, as we serve God together, I want us to believe. I want us to believe the things that God has already spoken to this house. I want us to believe the things that God has already spoken to you individually. Because there are some people here that maybe you've been praying for something for a long, long time. There are certainly things that that Jennifer and I have been praying for for a long, long time that we haven't seen the complete results of that yet. But we're going to continue. And in in the process, we're going to praise God. And then at the fulfillment of that, we're going to praise God. And so I want you to think... As, as we come to a moment of prayer this morning, I want you to consider what has God spoken to you over this past year? Maybe even just recently. What is something that God has spoken to your heart that you are trusting Him for today? And then, as we pray, I want us to have that response that Mary had. God, I am your servant. Let it be as you have said. So as we pray, I would like for you to think about that this morning. What is it? What is it that God has spoken individually to you? Now, I trust that there are some words that God has spoken to this house. And we're going to believe God for that. But this morning, what I want you to do is to consider what has God spoken individually to you. Let's take just a few moments and let's speak to him individually before I close us in prayer.